I think for Munster, for them in order to get a performance and a result, they need to concentrate on how well they've played over the last eight weeks since that kind of post Six Nations win. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Uh, 20 past nine though, let's turn to rugby. Alan Quinlan is with us. Alan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are you? Um, that was an interesting encounter between Leinster and Munster because Leinster really not that much to play for. Um, picked a team that was uh, largely made up of those players who they'd sent to South Africa, which was the second string. And they were still better than a largely first choice Munster team. Like in in the long series of Leinster-Munster defeats in recent seasons, this one's surely the worst. Yeah, it is. It is the worst, I think, because of uh, positive players in the field. Um, I know Munster were missing um, a number of players as well, which do make a difference to them. Uh, we've seen a little bit of a positive turn in, in, in the last kind of two months in the way they've been playing. And the biggest worry and concern, and I said it last week for this, this Munster group, was that um, if Leinster were to beat him, um, the steps they've taken forward in the last few weeks would put them back in reverse and you know, bring up some of uh, the negative narrative that's kind of been uh, associated with this team and particularly the playing style. I tell you, Ger, I'm always on, I'm all, I always talk about stats and I, I, I look at the stats of all games and stats sometimes can be misleading because rugby of all games is you can have 30-40% possession and, and score in crucial moments and just you can manage the game if you're strong defensively and you're accurate and you're sensible in where you play the game you can still win so they can be a bit misleading at times the stats from this game tell, tell us one story you know Leinster 41% possession so Munster dominated uh, possession of the ball at 61% territory monsters, so they were in the right areas. But the stats tell, would tell me and indicate to me that Munster are a poorly coached side who are not accurate, uh, not clinical with the ball. Uh, they're not, they, they, they just don't have that ability to kind of strike and get crucial scores at the right time. And that's exactly what this Lancer team the other night did. So, it tells me also that, you know, from the opportunities they created, um, very, very clinical, very comfortable in the way they play. Um, it looks, e it's easy on the eye. It isn't uh, flamboyant where you're, they're throwing the ball over and back just for the sake of it. They're very, very accurate. They're timing a pass. The lines are running. And Munster are, are behind, way behind in, that, in those stakes, unfortunately, because they're not comfortable and used to playing at that level. And you, you mentioned there, Leinster had nothing to play for. Well, regarding the league table, they had nothing to play for. But when you have a group of players who were desperate to to get up a level and play on the on the top team and play in Europe for Leinster, um, players departing, finishing up, Devon Toner, Sean Cronin, um, they had a fair bit of more. And then you're playing against your biggest rivals. So they had huge motivation. And, and Munster were the team who looked not to have any emotion they had no emotion and drive, whether they're tired or fatigued, but their accuracy was was dreadful. And um, yeah, it was up there. With, it's probably the worst worst defeat. That's the the eighth league loss in a row, and that's the reality that you can't hide away from. 
Yeah, once we were beaten by a team half full of football manager regens, like you hadn't heard of half the, the players for Leinster before. Dennis well, I tell you, on I, I I was at an event before the game, and I asked somebody who's Rob Russell. There was a load of Leinster fans there, and they were, uh, you know, it was a bit of banter, a bit of crack, and and um, I asked someone to name the team, and in in all their knowledge, they weren't able to name the team. They were kind of shying away. They were afraid I was going to ask them to to. To stand up, and I asked one one person, "Who's Rob Russell?" And I think one person in the room was there, and, and that's no disrespect to Rob Russell. He's he's um, he uh, very very talented rugby player, Cormac Foley. Um, he was brilliant for him as well, and um, I think a lot of them just stepped up, and, and we're going to see a lot more of those young Leinster players. And I think for the young Munster players, the ones that we kind of spoke up in the last few weeks. Um, they just didn't perform and this is the big stage and sometimes Munster fans have been frustrated with me over the years for kind of um, maybe being in, perceived being overcritical but you've got to do it in the, the, the big games and you know when it comes to Irish selection and everything the, the Leinster-Munster game was the one it was kind of like with respect to the other province it was the final Irish trial and unfortunately some of the Munster players have done more damage to themselves now um, and the Leinster players and enhance themselves. When you say Munster are a poorly coached team, how does that manifest itself in particular on Saturday night? Is it is it skills execution? Is it is it just the, the, these one out runners? The consistency of that, which I guess illustrates a lack of a game plan or a lack of an inventive game plan. Well, it would suggest this to me, on because from what I can see, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone can come on the show and tell me I'm wrong. Um, when you have a lot of possession and you look like you're going over and back, there seems to be a lot of confusion. And they were under a lot of pressure when they had the ball because Leinster's line speed was incredibly aggressive. And and I talk about the emotion. They looked like a team who were playing for their lives, and where Leinster Munster didn't. Um, so <laughs> Munster, how many passes went to ground? Even when Conor Murray was passing. Um, you can blame Conor Murray for the accuracy to pass, or you can blame the player's shape in attack, that they're standing too flat, they're not running onto the ball, they're not giving him options. Um, so many times Munster were going infield with with attack, then they'd bounce back to the blind side where a lot of defenders were. They were going one way, back the other way, one way, back the other way, so many times. And I I just... I. I wasn't working at the game. I brought my son to the game and some of his friends. So I was in a pretty relaxed kind of state watching it. And I was just kind of, you know, sometimes when you're on commentary, you're more engrossed on the ball. So I was kind of watching the different shape of, of Munster's attack at times. And it was just pretty flat. Um, their lines are running. They were getting each other's way. Their, their realignment was poor at times. Now, to be fair to them, in the last number of weeks, it's been so much better. But when you come up against a team like they did on Saturday night are incredibly aggressive and not giving them any time on the ball, um, I think when you're not used to doing something and you don't have this template in attack and a structure and a kind of set rules about your shape, um, you come unstuck. So the big picture here is is not as bad as, as the here and now, if that makes sense. So I think they can only get better. I do think there's a lot of good players there. But Leinster are kind of the standard setters, really, in, in the attack. And you look at the way they're coached. On the flip side, look at the way they ran, the lines they ran, the way they executed their catch-pass situation. A lot of simple stuff. And it's not over, overly complicated. So 
it would suggest to me that the attack coach from Munster then hasn't done his job. So they just look at sea and at odds at times when they're trying to attack. In fairness to them, the effort level is there, the commitment, they're trying to attack. Even at the end when they were going for the bonus point, they were just going lateral, lateral, over and back, over and back. Um, and so you you would have to say they're badly coached in attack. And they need to, they can get better at that. So for, for anyone who's thinking this is, I, I just think it highlights what needs to happen going forward. That, um, And you look at what Stuart Lancaster has done in Leinster, the standards they've set and the way they they just uh, can make so many changes. And there's, there's, there's a real template or a game plan that players just seamlessly transition into. So that's where where Munster need to get to or at least try and get to because they need to improve that whole shape in transition after a number of phases um, and, and and that 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 was probably the most disappointing part obviously conceding a a, pen, a, a penalty try from a mall uh, a couple of times in the first half Munster had mauled seven eight yards out um, one in particular where Leinster got in and, and slapped the ball to the ground and it was given as a scrum um, just, just not clinical enough in, in in crucial areas, and you can't just go out and say, "Well, to play the way they've played," um, and suddenly every pass stick. And I think you know, against Toulouse, against Exeter, against Ulster, they showed moments that they're trying to attack, and they are they have tried to change in the last couple of months, but it's too soon, really, for 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 those crucial moments just to stick and and to happen and. You know, that's what Leinster did the other night. They punished him at certain times. And uh, just look at the Cormac, Cormac Foley try. Um, the line that, that Kieran Frawley runs off Jamie Osborne, just short little line, so accurate. It's on the money, clean through, one pass try. Um, it's brilliant. And they scored brilliant tries the other night, you know, where monstrous tries, the Jack O'Donoghue try to start, um, that was a brilliant try in fairness. They're close to the line. But the others then are Mike Haley, pick and go under the post. Um, very, very intelligent out of him. And and Conor Murray's one is from an up and under. Where else did they look like they were going to cut Leinster open? They didn't really, and they had a lot of possession. They had only clean, three clean line breaks. Leinster had seven. And again, Munster missed 25 tackles, which is... It's very hard to win a game when you miss 25 tackles. So, of course, there's worries and concerns, but I think the bigger picture... Um, regarding the, the structure game plan and what Munster need to do and there's no guarantee it'll work No, there's a lot on Mike Prendergast's shoulders there where it's like you know he's going to come in and fix this but it has to be an attitude thing like I, I know you know we're, we're laying this at coaching but there's also the missed tackles is an attitude thing like the players have to shoulder some of the responsibility here too surely Absolutely of course of course Listen Ger you know uh, and you probably remembered well. I, I got lambasted in 2016 when I when I criticised the structure and and called for change within the organisation. Um, but you know, it's a business really, and and they got to find ways of getting better. And that's what I meant at the time. That things need to be looked at. And you know, a lot of what Leinster are doing is 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 work. It, it is working, and they're producing players, and they have some advantages around numbers in the school system and all that. But if the other provinces want to catch up and close that gap, and people always talk about the gap between, particularly when I, they asked me, Leinster, Munster, the gap, the gap is bigger because 
there's probably 40 of those Leinster players are on the same page and, and the Munster players are not. Okay, it comes down to some quality as well and Munster are deficient in certain areas and they need to improve there. But if you put the best Munster team on the field with no injuries and you have the likes of Ty Byrne and RG Snyman and Coombs and Dave K. Coyne back, Andrew Conway fit, um, et cetera, et cetera, they're still they still need a better structure in attack. And that's tries win matches, you know, uh, good decisions on a rugby field, being comfortable with making good those decisions. And the top end players do that. And unfortunately, Munster, you know, I think uh, they, they, they're exhausting sometimes to watch because, and it must be exhausting for the players themselves. Of course, they've got to take responsibility, but I think it can get better. Okay. And you have to give credit to Leinster; they were they were fantastic, and they're they're humming on all fronts at the moment. Okay, so the the quarterfinals are are uh, complete that weekend of the June fourth Bank Holiday weekend. It's Leinster, Glasgow, Bull Sharks, Stormers, Edinburgh, and Ulster at home to Munster, and that's they're now on the same side of the draw. Um, I think I think the draw, yeah, they should be on the same side as um, the Stormers in Edinburgh. So. It's not beyond the band's possibility that Munster can rescue this. However, you would definitely make Ulster favourites at home in Ravenhill on the basis of what we've seen recently. Yeah, well, Munster, if they were to win in Belfast, they're away on the road, then again, the semi-finals. So it's their own doing. And if you, lo- if you lose seven league games, um, it's hard to justify. Of course, it can happen. Um, you know, and the frustrating thing is they'll probably get way up for this game again and probably put in a really good performance in Belfast. It's it's winnable. Um, I don't think Dan McFarland would have, if you give him a choice, he would have preferred someone else coming to the Kingspan. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 it could have been the Bulls at home if they got two losing bonus points. But um, it's not all doom and gloom, and I, and I want to kind of stress that again. You know. This is not a surprise, Jerk. This this is not a surprise. Saturday night was a surprise, but it's not a surprise that the season potentially could peter out with negative performances, negative results. As I said, if, if you're not comfortable with doing something and kind of uh, performing at a certain level in, in attack, it's hard to kind of just change that and for it to happen in, in the space of a couple of months. So... Um, yeah, they can go to Belfast, of course. Um, the last time they won there a number of weeks ago, they played very well. They controlled the game. Uh, physically, they were very good. And they were probably, um, you know, Lent- Ulster won't. You know, they can, they're very, very dangerous, I think. And they showed that in their performance. Um, the, the worrying part for Dan McFarland is how porous they were at times with some of the Sharks' tries the other night and the way they came back into the game. The difference uh, the next time they play, if he's fit, is Dwayne Bermulin. I think he didn't play in that game a number of weeks ago, and he's been kind of a a really important presence for Ulster this season. Um, okay, uh, good weekend. Other than that, though, for your Tipperary hurlers and, and Liverpool. Oh, Jesus Christ! I was afraid you were going to say that, Joe. Yeah, disaster. Got a little bit of a. Uh, a taste just to what was happening in the Premiership, Jesus, when 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 Villa were two up. Um I was then focused on Liverpool trying to score, but no, not no good. And not a surprise really. At least at least they won in the end. It'd be worse if City lost or drew and, and Liverpool didn't win. But um yeah, tip worrying worrying uh, worrying time for tip as well. They were they were well beaten yesterday by, by Cork. So uh, not a great weekend. But 
you have weekends like that. Um, sometimes you have the Carlsberg weekends, you know, so it's uh, wasn't a good one, no. 100%. Alan, we let you go. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Thanks. It's uh, Alan Quillen giving us some uh, thoughts on the situation with Munster. Was it the worst? Is it? Yeah, it probably is in in isolation. It probably, it probably feels a bit more raw given it's only 48 hours ago, but it's also the, the nature of the team that Leinster put out that, that really kind of uh, opens up a chasm here and also the real concern that is there a mental block with Munster at the moment when it comes to Leinster that regardless of all the quality that Leinster have Munster just have um, there's a team, bit of a hoodoo going on here yeah well, when the teams were named Munster were favourites to win the game like you did expect it uh, look let's let's wait and see what Munster are like when they have Simon in the team and if that's this transformative Simon and keep saying the, that though the new backroom team and the other thing is that like it's rugby there's always 20% of your first team injured because yeah. that's the way it goes. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, waiting for Slyman is probably not going to be the, the greatest um, policy for Munster Hope over the next little while. It'll help for sure. Sounds like a Beckett. I was right. just about to say, yeah. I mean, the reason there's no um, interval in the Beckett plays is because they're all so bleak, everybody would leave at half time. I was just about to say, which is more bleak, the work of Beckett or the Van Grand Munster era? There's the YouTube headline. <laughs> 9.37 this morning. OTBAM is brought to you live commenters. each morning. <laughs> is it? Um, yeah, of course, Munster's more bleak. Uh, it's, it's 50-50. I mean, I would, ne- I would never downplay the work of Samuel Beckett uh, in such a way. That, that's what the joke was, obviously.